Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Come on, lift your hands right now, would you please? I want you to know something. That since our God has the whole world in his hand, he's got you and I in his hand. Think about that for a moment. He's got you and I in his hands. He's got fathers and mothers in his hands, sons and daughters. Father, we thank you because we must. We bless you because you're worthy. We recognize you because you're honorable. Mm, We speak well of you because you're faithful. Manifest your grace and your glory in this place even the more as we continue to keep our minds stayed on you. Come on, somebody, give God a big hand of praise. Thank you, man. Thank you, worship team. Come on, bless him. Come on, bless the Lord in here. Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb. Well, God bless you. Remain standing. Get your Bible or your electronic device. Turn to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, and we're going to look at one passage of Scripture. I'm going to begin a new series of teachings that I know will be a blessing to all of us. Amen. 1 John chapter 2, verse number 27. Let's read that out loud together. Are you ready? Are you ready? Say, give me a minute, Reverend. Give me a minute. Amen. The Lord may have the world in his hand, but you got your Bible in your hand. <laughs> Amen. All right. First John chapter 2, verse number 27. Ready to begin. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you all things, and it's truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Bow your heads. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we do need you. We acknowledge you as our God. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your oversight, your protection in our lives. As we go into your word, give us clarity. Give us understanding that our hearts receive it. Let the seed of your word produce the fruit that brings glory to your name. Anoint the preacher, the teacher, the pastor, the man of God standing before us. Anoint the ears of your people and their hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Bless you. I'm going to, like I said, begin a new series of teaching on the anointing. On the anointing. Say right off the top. Look at someone and say, I'm anointed. Say, and so are you. The, the, the issue is we have to remember that we're anointed because everything, I mean everything in our world today 
wants to make us think or forget. We're anointed. Somebody say it again. Say, I'm anointed. Amen. I'm anointed. You know, I'm amazed at, well, not amazed, but in some cases I am, about uh, uh, how entertainers and athletes don't mind saying they're the greatest. You notice that? Professional athletes will tell you, I'm good. I'm, I'm one of the best there is at what I do. It's only the church that needs to be reminded you're the best there is at what you do. There's only one of you. So nobody can do what God called you to do like you can. Somebody say, I'm anointed. You know, in that same vein, in that same sphere of influence in our society, if you've ever noticed, particularly at award shows, entertainers and athletes, they always tell each other how good they look. They, they always tell each other how talented they are. They come out with a new movie. It's the best one they've ever done. Only the church doesn't know how to talk to each other like that. Tell somebody you ain't never looked this good in your life. Tell them there ain't no pickup line. Ain't no pickup line. I don't know you. I'm just repeating what the pastor said. Tell them you ain't never looked this good in your life. Hallelujah. Look at you beat Corona. You beat every variant. Look at you. You beat monkeypox. Come on, you're anointed. You ain't never looked this good. You've never been better. Tell somebody, you've never been better. Never been stronger. So, so I'm going to, with the help of the Lord, um, talk about the anointing in three areas, three areas. Uh, first of all, I'm going to talk about why we need the anointing. And secondly, what the anointing is. And then lastly, how we use the anointing. So let's talk about why we need the anointing. Because, because, because we need to know why we need the anointing so we pay attention better. See, you, 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 don't, you don't really pay attention to something you don't think you need. I mean, that's why most people, when commercials come on, they turn the TV. I don't need that information. I'm not interested in that. And so I want you to be interested, even though you should be. But, but I want to emphasize, first of all, why we need the anointing so that you perk up, listen up, stand up and investigate yourself so you can walk in this anointing that's on your life. Because we need to be anointed. Tell somebody we need the anointing today. If there ever was a generation that needed the anointing of the Holy Ghost, it's this one. So, excuse me, in 1 John 2, 27, where we, where we began, let's read it again. It says, but the anointing which ye have received, it's already yours. It's already on you. He said, it abides in you. It has to, you have to know the anointing abides in you and me, in us. He says, we don't need anybody to teach us. Uh, now, I got to stop there because I got to clarify that statement. 
<laughs> because I've heard it over the years, and I believe today, like never before, you got folk that just don't go to church because I see that preacher. You just say, I don't need you. I don't need nobody to teach me. You just said it yourself, Reverend. But that's not what it means. I know, bless your heart, that's what you think it means. And I know you'd love for it to mean that so you can run your own life. But that's not what this scripture means. This is not what John is saying. This scripture has been widely misunderstood. So let's bring some clarity. Let's shine some light on it because you need somebody to teach you. Tell somebody, I need somebody to teach me. <laughs> tell, them, tell them that's why I come to church. <laughs> God bless those that watch online. We thank God for you. But, but some folk need to be taught in person. I just seem to get more out of it when I'm here. A am I right about it? I, I just seem to learn more. It's easier to receive in person because I need somebody to teach me. So what John is saying here in verse 27, we have to go back and look. Well, we could go back to the whole chapter, but, but for time and our purposes this morning, let's just go back to verse number 18. And John is talking about the Antichrist and he's talking about Antichrist spirits or the spirit of the Antichrist, increasing in the last days. Look at what it says in 1 John 2, 18. Little children. Notice what John, how he's addressing the church. He's calling them little children. He says, little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists whereby you know that it is the last hour. In the Greek, last time there means last hour. If John said we were in the last hour then, John understood some things about the end times and the urgency of them and the spirits that we, the church, would have to fight, that we, the church, would encounter on a day-to-day -day basis and in 1st John chapter 2 verse 18 John says it's the spirit of Antichrist somebody say the spirit of Antichrist the spirit of Antichrist right off the top we need the anointing because of the spirit of Antichrist Now, I'm going to break it down for you to understand the correlation and the combination. Hmm. <laughs> now, in the notes, talk about the last hour, all that. I'm not going to talk about that right now. You can go get the notes and you can look up and get that yourself. The term Antichrist and the spirits or spirit of Antichrist speaks of this. Write this down. The Antichrist... The term can mean two distinct, specific things. Number one, it can mean one who opposes Christ. Anti, which means against. Everywhere we go today, we run into spirits, people, talking words, words of spirits, that speak against 
Christ. They're in articles. They're everywhere. They're in commercials. It's subtle. If you don't, if you don't, this is why we need the anointing so we can see and detect (laughs) this spirit that's trying to talk us out of who Christ is. That's opposing the anointed. That's what Christ is, not his last name. It's the anointed one. (laughs) There are spirits trying to talk us out of the anointed one and his anointing. Because if you don't have complete faith in the anointed one and his anointing, you won't have it in your anointing or anybody else's. The enemy is trying to take the church's confidence in anointed vessels away. That way, when somebody pray for you, you don't know if anything will happen. But if you have faith in the anointed one and his anointing, you'll have faith in anointed people. Tell somebody, I'm anointed. So number one, the term antichrist can mean, number one, one who opposes Christ. The second meaning is one who puts himself in the place of Christ. An antichrist spirit will also put themselves in the place of Christ or attempt to put themselves in the place of Christ in your life. (laughs) The obvious is the world wanting to replace Christ in your life, where we listen to the world and we don't listen to the scriptures. (laughs) We put more faith in science than we do God who is all science. Or in the religious arena, uh, 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 you put your faith in a man or a, 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 a group of people, a following, a faith, a denomination. They're taking the place or attempting to take the place of Christ in your life. That's deception. We need the anointing in order to detect deception. Without the anointing, you won't know who's deceiving you. So Jesus said in Matthew 24, 5, for in the last days, many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, I'm Messiah, I'm the anointed one. And he says, and shall deceive many. Somebody say many. Many. Say many. Many. How many is many? A whole lot. Not a few. In the Greek, it's another word we use called multitudes. Multitudes are thousands. That means in this hour, my brothers and my sisters, please hear me. There are literally thousands and thousands of people that are deceived. Look at somebody say, but I'm not one of them. Because I'm anointed. One of the things that we meet. Me and Pastor talk all the time, of course. And, and I, I was sharing with her, you know, we, we, our generation and those older, we didn't grow up with the Internet. What I knew mostly was about people I was around. If I didn't see you, I didn't know you. I didn't know your business. I didn't know what you had done. Certainly, 
in other countries, I didn't know. I had, I had, we had to be there. But now, because of the Internet, we have these news feeds that you'll get information coming to you all the time about what's happening all over the world. When, 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 when I came up, uh, I only knew a handful of pastors. They was in my neighborhood. Now you know pastors, can look at pastors, you don't even know all over the world and hear all kinds of things from somebody that's a pastor or at least claims to be a pastor. And if you don't have the anointing, you'll listen to somebody that you don't know, but you'll think they're talking truth to you. This may sound (laughs) funny to some of you, but just as of late, <laughs> oh, Lord, let me tell on myself. Just as of late, I, I, I happen to look at TikTok. And I'm scrolling. I'm like, you can see stuff you don't even want to see. Somebody chopping somebody's head off, somebody cooking something. Somebody do- I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, who wants to see all of this? But it's captivating. But it can also turn your mind away, turn your thoughts away, turn your faith away. All these things can be distractions that come to deceive you. Mm. John talks about false anointings, anti-anointed one, anti-anointed spirits. Write it down. You need to realize there are anti-anointed spirits out there or spirits anointed by the devil, people anointed by Satan, people, let me, let me, I just feel like just going, but I want to make sure you understand. So let me just say this in case I do just start going. A lot of what I'm going to say is explained in my notes. You need to know that just like God, Acts 10, 38, anointed Jesus, Satan can anoint his servants. If there is a true anointing, then there's a false anointing. All anointings don't come from God. See, some of us in the church grew up in the particularly, you know, in the 70s, 80s, uh, maybe even the 90s. We heard a lot about God's anointing. And so we tended to believe that the only one that anoints people is God. That's not true. Yeah, God anoints people, but so does Lucifer. So does Satan. So does the devil. You got to be careful who you're around because you don't know who anointed them. Please understand that the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes only from Jesus Christ. Comes from God. (laughs) The anointing is to be smeared or rubbed upon with, in the Old Testament, was the holy anointing oil. 
taught on this years ago in detail about each one of the spices and how you had to go in various places to get certain spices. Oh, God, I wish I had time. And those spices were compounded together and used to make what God called the holy anointing oil that God in turn said is only to be placed on people and things I'm going to use for my glory. The anointing was to set a man or a woman apart to be used by God. The anointing oil was to be placed on utensils, things used in the temple that God would sanctify and use for his glory. The anointing in the kingdom of God is only for his vessels that God decides to use. So again, in verse 27... John says the anointing, which again symbolizes the Holy Spirit, he says we receive from Christ, teaches us what we need to know about the Messiah. So the anointing of the Holy Spirit teaches us what we need to know about God, what we need to know about Jesus, what we need to know about the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is also called the spirit of truth. So when you and I get anointed, we fall in love with the truth. You can't be anointed by God and be a liar. You can't be anointed by God and, and, and love witchcraft and cast spells on people and manipulate people and gaslight people. You can't be anointed by God and do that. This is how you know the spirit of God and the spirit of Antichrist because everyone that's anointed by God loves the truth, they study the truth, and they're gonna tell the truth and live in truth. If a person isn't living in truth, God didn't anoint them. Because Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth. Now, I'm not saying we won't make mistakes and make errors, but here's the the key. When it is known and we're confronted with it, we say, you know what, you're right. Like David, when he he, he was, oh, man, I was going to say something y'all wasn't ready for. Y'all ain't, oh, man. Okay. All right. When David was filled with lust and he went after another man's wife, Bathsheba, had her husband killed. Nathan, the prophet, came and gave a parable about a man that had one sheep. Another man had a bunch of sheep. David said, oh, 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 we got, we got to do something about that. That's wrong. Nathan said, you the man. David said, you're right. That's truth. See, when you're anointed, you know, Samuel anointed David as a teenager. The anointing was on him even when he sinned. And proof that it was, because when he heard the truth, he had to admit it. See, I want you to know, it's time for you to recognize what the anointing of God is doing in your life. If God is trying to get us to confess to something that we didn't know was true until recently, then you need to say, God, you're right. I didn't see that, but I see it now, and I'm anointed. 
I'm anointed to see something I never saw. Oh, I'm prophesying to somebody right now. You're anointed to see something you never saw in 10 years of walking with the Lord. You are anointed. We are anointed to recognize some weaknesses that you didn't know you had. You are anointed to recognize when the devil has been deceiving you for the last five months of your life. You're anointed today to recognize the devil in your life. Now, that may not make everybody happy. That, that may be proof you're not anointed. Because if you love the truth, your God, your hands would be lifted. Somebody would be on their face. I want to know the truth. I don't want to be deceived. I want my anointing to be genuine and authentic. I want it to come from God. John 16, 13. How be it? Jesus is speaking. When he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but he shall, whatever he hears, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. That's big right there, isn't it? Holy Ghost talks about Jesus. <laughs> Holy Spirit leads us into more truth about Jesus. If, if your Holy Ghost only tells you about you, if your Holy Ghost only tells you everybody else's problems, If your Holy Ghost only tell you everybody else's faults and flaws. If he doesn't lead you into truth about you. Where you stand with God. How much you please God or displease God. Then it's not truth. Because here's the truth. You ain't the only one anointed. Now, what do I mean when I say that? I'm, help me, Lord. Wow. We, the church, the body of Christ, we, self-included, me, probably top of the list. We got to be careful that, let me say it this way, we have to guard ourselves. Better way to say it. Thank you, Lord. We have to guard ourselves against the enemy making us think and allowing us to think we're the only ones that got it right. You, you, you know what I mean? You, no, you don't. See, this is why I've said it before, I'll say it again. This is why there are so many denominations. Because each one thinks they're the ones doing it right. Now, there's nothing wrong with thinking you're doing it right because we should think we're doing it right. The problem is when you don't think anybody else is right. Now we got division in the body because you're the only ones anointed. And you know, that creeps into the church too. Because you got, you know, we got theologians that sit in the congregations that they analyze everything the preacher say, and oh, they, he, that, that, he got that wrong. And I'm, as soon as church is over, I'm going to text everybody I know, tell them that that. You know, Logan good, but he, he, he wrong on that. 
See, you're causing division. Say we're all anointed. So since we're all anointed and the anointing is for a purpose, we'll get to that later. We need to realize then that you're here because you're anointed and you have a purpose here. Hmm? And that the anointing on your life is to, em- <laughs> is to empower and bless everybody else here. Not so you can walk around better than everybody else because you know more and you No, so you can help everybody else. See, the more anointed you are, the more you're able to help. It doesn't mean the more you complain and sit back and do See, I, I, that's why I, uh, I ain't doing nothing. I ain't, see, I, uh, I ain't doing nothing because I don't like how, uh-uh. No, see, then you, 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 you don't understand your anointing. Because the stuff that ain't right, God sent you here to help make it right. <laughs> if you're really anointed, you can't sit back and not do anything. How God, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and fire who went about doing good. If you're anointed, you need to be doing some good up in this piece. What are you doing with your anointing? See, the anointing of the Holy Ghost again teaches us. It teaches us truth so we can tell the truth and live the truth. Write that down. Write that down. See, the Holy Spirit teaches us truth so we can tell the truth and live the truth. That's how everybody else sees truth when they see us. It's the anointing on us that reveals the truth. First John 2.19, John says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. Oh, my God. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. If they were a part of us, they would have stayed. He says, but they went out that it might be manifest, that it might be clearly seen that they were not all of us. Hmm. In other words, John says, if they had been inspired, filled by the same spirit, controlled, led by the same spirit, (laughs) they would have remained in the church. Now, let me stop right there and help somebody so you don't get it twisted again and think we're talking about just your church or this church. I'm talking about the universal church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because see, folk can lead your church and still be in the church. Folk can lead this church and still be in the church. I've never been one of the pastors. You lead this church, you ain't saved. You going to hell, you left this church. No, see, that would mean I'm the only one anointed. Anytime I'm talking to somebody that you go somewhere and the man made you think he's the only one anointed. Run up out of there right now. Run, leave your shoes. Well, get your purse. It's a dangerous thing to think you're the only one anointed. So John says, anyone that doesn't remain in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ was never inspired and filled by the spirit that's in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please understand that. Because the Holy Spirit 
embodies, fills the church of the Lord Jesus Christ all over the world. It's the same spirit. So if someone leaves the church, then the spirit of God ain't in you. Or he was. And then that's for debate for many scholars, whether you can lose your salvation, whether you can lose. It's all free moral agency. Come on, somebody. Hmm. See, okay, here I go. I'm finna. Abortion. We that read the scriptures know now that we are saved and the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, we don't belong to ourselves. However, you still have free will. You can do whatever you want with your body. Every sister say, hey. Let me tell you, if you, if you listen, you can do whatever you want with your body. Yeah, you can. You can. You can do whatever you want with your body. You have free will. But when you get filled with the Holy Ghost and the anointing is on you, something on the inside of you won't let you do what the world is doing. Because you're anointed. Yeah, it's your body. Yeah, you can do whatever you want, but I'm anointed. There's the dichotomy. There's the challenge. I would never tell you you can't do what you want with your body. I can just tell you your body belongs to the Lord. (laughs) If you're anointed, you think differently. You're controlled. You're influenced by the Spirit of God in you, and you know you're not going to have an abortion. But then there are people you won't give the Lord that kind of control. So you do what you want to do. That's what you've been doing anyway. Second Corinthians 121. <laughs> I mean, I get past this. Second Corinthians 121. The one who has established us in Christ as, and also anointed us is the father. That's not in my notes. The one that establishes us in the faith. How did you and I, how do we become established in the faith? By God, by Holy Ghost, by the anointing on your life. After 30 years in pastoral ministry, first five being an assistant pastor, 25 being a senior pastor. I've I've had to notice something. You know, like that old song, when I look back over my life. You know, and I think things over. Why have I had this insatiable appetite for the knowledge of God? It's because of the one who established me. God put that in me to be the kind of pastor he wanted me to be. God made me love the scriptures so much I would spend thousands and thousands of hours and thousands and thousands of dollars just studying the word. 
I'm so content studying the word, I can study the word. I have to make myself get up and do other things that are important. God did that. There's nothing I could do. I can't put that in you. I can't just say, okay, open your mouth. Everybody open your mouth. Hold on. Okay, hold on, hold on. No. I can't take that out of me and put it in you. You can be inspired by the fact God put it in me, which is what you're supposed to do. You then have to ask God, the Holy Spirit, to do that work in you. Because if you don't, you'll spend hours and hours doing a whole bunch of stuff less than that. Less than that. The one who establishes us in the anointing is God. The one who put the anointing in us is God. The one that put the craving to seek his face in you and I is God. And then the one that anointed us is the same God. You're anointed to do something. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? Hmm. See, once you realize your position in Christ is solid, then you seek him with truth. Your commitment to him is unshakable. Hmm. See, what we, the church, needs to understand, write this down, write this down, please. We, as the scripture says, there is and there are many refillings of the Holy Spirit. You and I can't live off the last time God touched us and filled us with his spirit. Everything in the natural world tells you that. You have to fill your car up with gas more than once. You just didn't buy it. They fill it up and say, okay, you good now. You never had to fill it up again. No, you won't go very far. We have to keep filling it up. <clears throat> Excuse me. In order to keep moving forward. Write it down. In order for us to keep moving forward spiritually, we have to keep getting filled. We have to get fresh anointings. Somebody say, I need a fresh anointing right now. Oh, I feel something moving. Hallelujah. Some of y'all feel stuck. It's not your boss. It's not the economy. It's not a black man, white man, red man, yellow man. You need a fresh anointing. That's what you need. You need a fresh anointing to move you forward, to get you out of that funk, out of that space, out of that drab, dreary, don't know what's next. You need a fresh, oh my God. Lift your hands right now. Lift your hands. I pray a fresh anointing come upon you watching and everyone in this building. That's what you need. You see, bless your hearts. I told you that anointings don't just come from God. Again, where God rubs himself on a person and empowers them with the same attributes that he has. He rubs himself on you. 
you know, in, in the world. <laughs> uh, here, here's, here's, and this, this, this pales in comparison, but it's going to help you, somebody. It's like secondhand smoke. You don't smoke, but you've been around folk that do smoke. So when you went somewhere, the folk that you went with thought you smoked because the smoke got on you. So you got to identify with a smoker and you don't smoke because the smoke got on you. That's what happens when we spend time with God. He rubs himself on us. Hey, hallelujah. He rubs himself. God's in the atmosphere right now. God's in the atmosphere right now. God's in the atmosphere right now. When you praise, when you move, when you dance, you rub yourself and he rubs himself on you. That's why you can't come to church and be silent and be quiet. You need God to rub himself on you. Because, my brothers and sisters, whoever anoints a person empowers them with the same attributes they have. So then the question we have to ask ourselves, who are you rubbing up against? Selah. Who have you been rubbing up against? Who have you been spending the most of your time with? That's how we increase the anointing. That's how we get the anointing. How you rub yourself and spend time with God, his word, in prayer, and worship, and fasting, and serving. That's how you and I increase the anointing. Because we need fresh anointing. Because the anointing we had for 2017 ain't working in 2022. You and I need a fresh anointing. Which means you need to spend more time with God. You need to rub up against him. See, this is how I'm going to move into this and move out. This is how and why you can see some people uh, that God uses mightily and, and, and they get, again, you've got to be careful if they stop, start, excuse me, start thinking that, that they're the only one that's anointed and the anointing that they got initially is all they need. They won't be ready for the changes that come. Yeah. We need an anointing for the next season before the season comes so you and I can be ready for that season. Some of you may remember, you got good memories. Me and Pastor Cam both taught about fresh wine, new oil before the pandemic. (laughs) God was getting us ready for the season to come. You better hear me because you know I ain't playing. See, if we don't get refreshing, Acts chapter 3, I forget where it's at, times of refreshing that comes from the Lord. We, 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 we need fresh anointings. We need to know how to step into seasons where there's a fresh anointing flowing because God is empowering us to do something in the next season. That if we don't get that anointing, we're not going to know what to do. We're going to be confused. We're going to be in and out. I'm going to come to church. I'm not coming to church. I'm going to come to church. I was going to come to church. I'm going to come back to church. I want to come back to church. I don't know if I should come back to church. See, the enemy wants to separate you from the church because that's where the anointing is. 
That's where the anointing is. Your anointing is here. If you're supposed to be a part of this fellowship, your anointing is here. Why do we need the anointing? Again, another reason. We live in a fallen, contaminated world. Say that with me. We live in a You know, like I talked about secondhand smoke. <laughs> I remember back in the day, back in the day, man, this is a long time ago, uh, when I worked at Abbott Laboratories, and as a trainer, I would go to various buildings and do different types of training. And uh, there were some buildings, and some of you all may have worked there. Some of you may work there now. There were some buildings where they were doing a whole lot of chemical uh, mixtures and manufacturing. And you could smell it. And, and, and that stuff would get on you. That's why they had you wear lab coats and bunny suits and all, because that stuff would get on you and get in you. And unbeknownst to you, you take that stuff home and contaminate your family. <laughs> oh, God help us, American gangsters. We live in a fallen and contaminated world. In other words, to cut, this, cut it short, I got to finish this. Every day we walk out of our houses, things attach themselves to us that aren't healthy. It's in the air. Chemtrails, all these planes flying, what, what? <laughs> flying over our head, putting out chemicals. They say it's for agriculture. Things we eat, the food, GMO. Everything is contaminated. We're getting touched every day, all day, with things that weaken our immune system, our minds, our bodies, our spirits, everything. You need to know you need a fresh anointing on your life so you can fight against what's trying to hold you down, hold you back, make you sick, make you weak, make you tired, make you not want to leave your house. You need an anointing of the Holy Ghost to cleanse you, to purify you, to strengthen you. I thought somebody would be praising God by now. Y'all looking at me like I'm a brand new preacher. Well, I might as well look like a You need the anointing. What's wrong with the church? We ain't got an anointing. You can't pray longer than five minutes because you ain't got an anointing. You can't endure nothing longer than 24 hours because you don't have an anointing. You still mad at folk from six months ago because you're not anointed. First John, first John 2, 20. But you have an unction. That word unction there means an anointing. It's another word for anointing. You have an unction from the Holy One. That's nobody else but Jesus. Jesus saved us and anointed us. Say that with me, please. Jesus saved us and anointed us. You have an anointing from Jesus. All of us do. He didn't just save us. He anointed us. 
He didn't just give you a get out of jail free card. Like you use it at Starbucks, you know, you're going to just. No, he also anointed us. Again, we have a smearing, a rubbing on from Jesus. Jesus rubs himself on us every time we spend time with him. Every time we spend time in the word, Jesus is rubbing himself on us. <laughs> when someone purposely and intentionally makes up their mind to leave the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, they remove themselves from the presence of Jesus and he can no longer rub himself on them as he once did. So they lose that anointing. Now watch this. Somebody say God is good. Older I get, the more I realize, man, I thought I knew how good God was until I turned another corner. Oh, my. Oh, I didn't know you was that good. Drive a little bit further, turn right. Oh, my God, I didn't know you were that good. I didn't know you was keeping me from that. I didn't know you were using me anyway when I had that. I didn't know I had that going on 20 years. But now I see, oh, you good. God is So what happens, or what can happen, and I pray it doesn't happen. And if it has happened, you can change it now. So what happens is, because God is so good, the last anointing that we receive, it's still there. The issue is, it's just not as effective as a fresh anointing. How can I say that? I ain't making that up. Romans eleven twenty nine: the gifts and callings of God without repentance. In other words, when God gives us a gift, he don't take it back. So the anointing you got when you were 12, it's on you. If you don't use it, it's still on you. He ain't going to take it back. But the, also, the problem also is you're not 12 anymore. You need an anointing for 22. So you had an anointing for high school. There's an anointing you need for college. Oh, there's an anointing on you when you were single, but now you married. You need an anointing for your marriage. Come on, somebody. You need an anointing for your marriage. And then you got married and you weren't a father yet. When you have children, now you need another anointing to be a father and a husband. You can't just stop. We need fresh anointings throughout all of our lives because of everything we have to do and everything that comes against us. Somebody say, I need a fresh anointing. Somebody say, I need a fresh anointing. Somebody stand on your feet and say, God, anoint me afresh today. I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to be a fool. I don't want to be ignorant. I don't want to be taken advantage of. I want you to use me for your glory. Anoint me again. Come on, band. Come on, worship team. I'm done. 
Come on, come on. We're going to worship, and you're going to get a fresh anointing in your life. You're not going to be stale anymore. You're not going to be stuck anymore. You're going to get freshness in your mind, freshness in your soul, freshness in your spirit. Lift your hands, please. Listen to this. The Lord dropped this in my spirit. Again, I have the benefit now of many years of ministry. Uh, I know things now that I didn't know 20 years ago. In my 30s, when I started pastoring, I had a lot of fresh ideas and fresh methodologies of ministry. Nothing wrong with that. But as I progressed and matriculated through ministry and through life, traveling overseas and seeing ministry done in various ways and forms and types, and coming back, trying to implement certain aspects and things from the places I've gone and things I've experienced. And one of the things I've come to tell, I can tell you today, I can tell you today with the utmost certainty what the church needs now more than new methods and fresh ideas is a fresh anointing. I'll say it again. What the church needs now more than anything else, more than fresh ideas and fresh, fresh methods is a fresh anointing. The church needs a fresh anointing. Your marriage needs a fresh anointing. You know enough. You just need an anointing on what you know. Not that you're not saved, but I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Not that God doesn't love you. You just need an anointing on what you know. You need an anointing on what you have. You need to function in what God has given you so far. And it'll work. It'll work. We, the church of the Lord Jesus, needs a fresh anointing. Can I get some singers in here? Lift your hands in this place. Shando Simaka. You don't need a new business. You need an anointing on the business you have. You don't need another idea that God already gave you. Or you don't need another idea. You need an anointing on the idea God already gave you. You, we need a fresh anointing. We need God to touch us again. Come on, lift your hands. I'm talking to somebody. You've been frustrated. You've been all over the place. From church to church. Then you just quit going to church, trying to find out how to bring about a change in your life. Well, I got news from heaven for you this morning. You don't need all the change you think you need in your life. You just need a fresh anointing. Hallelujah. You need to ask God 
to let you see what you're doing and what you're a part of in a fresh way. Rub yourself all over us. The world has rubbed itself on us. We've adopted a secularized mindset. We can't even see the kingdom like we used to because our minds have been contaminated by this world. Don't let us fall prey to the spirit of Antichrist. Don't let things take your place in our lives, Jesus. Hold on. Show us like you use Nathan to show David. Things that we allow to take your place in our life. Things that we fell in love with more than you. You know, you do know, say this hypothetically, you do know that David was the second king of Israel and that the kings of Israel were required to write a, handwrite a copy of the law and keep it on them. David couldn't say he didn't know what God required of his anointing. David couldn't say that he didn't know he wasn't supposed to sleep with another man's wife and kill him. He couldn't say that because he had been anointed and he had the word. But obviously David stopped reading that word he hand wrote himself. Some of you need to go back and read your own notes. Thank God for Christian Faith Fellowship Church notes, bishops notes. Thank you need to read your own notes. You need to go back and remember what God said to you about you when I was preaching to you about you. Come on, lift your hands. Keep your hands lifted. God is moving by his spirit. We're going to worship. The altar is open. You can kneel. This, you know this place, there's liberty here. Just respect other people, but let God rub himself on you and you make sure you're there to let him do that because you and I need a fresh anointing. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.